seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Welcome, friends, to episode 149 of Color of Magic, your Magic and Gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of issues and problems and things that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Taquan Watson, and for 149 episodes, still hanging out with me for some unknown reason, I got my main man, Brian Allen. How's it going? Going pretty well. How's everything going with you? Dude, you know what? Things are actually, we actually got a real thunderstorm last week. What? Like, real, like it, it was like a good 20 to 30 minutes, and it was like hard, th- like booming thunder four or five times, like real rain. I'm like, Man, this feels familiar. <laughs> but literally, that might be the sixth time, I maybe, that we've heard like thunder since we've been here in like seven okay. years or whatever. It just it doesn't even happen once a year. We've gotten some rain, but of course we're still way behind what you would ideally want to have for the year. I mean, it's getting to the point farmers are having to sell cows because they just don't have the water or the grass to feed them. Yeah, I heard that that a lot of them aren't able to produce enough hay or whatever. And yeah. like, that's being a thing. So yeah, hopefully that gets work. Cause hell I saw the stuff from Vegas, dude, like yeah. they, they had a literal river running down the strip. Like, and it was deep. Like, I don't, I don't know what it now. The bad part it's is not supposed to rain. Then, Cause isn't Vegas like basically a desert. <laughs> well, it does get... rain, but not like that. Yeah. You know, and I was trying to figure out, because I know, I think Lake Mead around there is like where they needed all the water, but it, I guess the way that drains, it's not going to head to that one, so that's super unfortunate. Uh, Speedways, so, you see how many bodies they're finding now that Lake Mead is draining? Yeah, I'm not surprised, though. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they probably, they'll solve some cases, but in case of people they want to put in jail, I'm sure many of them are dead and gone, but they'll at least, you know. They might be one of the other bodies in there. Huh? That too. <laughs> you might solve one and open another case, realistically. Yeah, so they say about revenge, you know, dig two graves. <laughs> yep, for real. That's how it is, man. Uh, well, before we get into this show, because we have a lot of stuff to cover this week. We actually have a pretty good show, I think. But we think that every week. So it'd be up to y'all to tell us if you think it's good or not. But we want to give some love to our sponsor over at Cardsphere.com. Go check them out. They are truly a great place to buy and sell cards. And the best part about it is you can actually name your price for what you want to sell something for and name your price for what you want to buy something for. And when those paths cross, easy sale. And it's literally that simple. And you can check out my YouTube channel where I tell you about the website and about how to use it and how to save even more money on there. So go give it a look. And if you want to support us over at Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash color of magic. And you can be just like our newest patron, Brian Koval. So thank you for coming on board and being one of our, our people. I think that's where we're at now. I don't know. We like y'all got to give us some suggestions because we're just going to keep working on shop workshop and stuff. till we come up with a better one? Looks like they spell Brian the correct way too with an I. That's true. They did. And then you can go over to colorofmtg.com slash shop and pick up some tokens and some play mats and rep us out in the world. And maybe if you see us at an event, you might get a free thing because I did that for somebody at one of the last events I was at. But yeah, cool stuff over there. We have a couple of token sets and some play mats. Go over there and get yourself something. And then that brings us to our soapbox this week. And, you know... I want to say, I've actually been trying to mostly keep my soapboxes, you know, mostly gaming related or whatever. But this one, this week, and this was either earlier today or yesterday I saw this. But this this comes with its own level of idiocy that I thought we had to address. So for those of you who don't know, I guess they're planning on casting another Adams Family. And there's discussion of a Hispanic gentleman playing the role of Gomez Adams. For some reason, there are people mad about this. And I don't get it. Like, the dude's name is literally Gomez. Right? They, they're, they're telling you from his creation that they would, you know, are implying some, some Hispanic heritage here. Yeah, that's the part I don't get. It's not like his name was like Ralph. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, which, how, where, and not only that, next level, 
I had the thought of like, wait, wasn't he played by a Hispanic dude before anyway? And Brilliantly, yeah. by the way. Exactly. You know. I went and looked it up. Raul Julia was the dude. And for our generation, that is the Gomez Adams. No yeah. disrespect to John Aston, who did an incredible job with the character back in the 50s. But if you ask most people, again, that have thought of the Adams family in the 90s, for from any point from the 90s on, who you think of as Gomez Adams, you think of Raul Julia. And that's the part I'm baffled by. So you have a character who has a Hispanic name. You have a character who's played by a Hispanic gentleman previously. But now that they're going to, I guess, recast the most recent role, people are like, ah, that's too much. <laughs> like, like, how? Why? Like, and again, we talked about this off the mic, but like, at least when there's other idiocy like this, if I squint real hard, I can at least kind of, I see where you're coming from, even though it's misled or whatever, like whatever. But like this, I got nothing. Yeah, I have no idea who could be upset by this. Yeah, is it, is it just, I, I mean, is it, we, we try not to play the race car when it's not appropriate, but what other can it be? <laughs> Literally, that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, dude, I got nothing. I got n- If you don't want somebody with, with brown skin to play Gomez Adams, we got a problem. Like, because I'm even thinking, like, even if, you know, you're trying to say, like, people are trying to be too much into diversity and that's that you have like okay maybe i don't know but like this is literally the character and it's been played by a guy of a similar background before like i don't like i'm literally just baffled like that's the only reason i put it in the soapbox is like some people just gotten a point they just complain to complain and even when it doesn't make sense and in the same vein did you see that apparently james franco is gonna play fidel castro in a movie Ooh, no yeah, yeah, people are understandably quite upset about it. You know, hmm. <laughs> just first of all, white dude playing Fidel Castro. Second of all, James Franco got so many allegations of assault and, and grooming and things like that. you couldn't have found if you were going to hire a white dude. That's the one you went with. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. Was Ezra Miller not available? I mean, I mean just, go go get somebody that we've already accepted playing other roles. Go get you like a I don't know a Tom Cruise or a, a DiCaprio or something. <laughs> like, man, yeah, I didn't know about that. That's news, though. There you go. Y'all got a twofer on that one. All right, Brent. So, what do you got for the soapbox? I'm going to come to the soapbox for some shameless self-promotion of my other endeavors. Hey, uh, what else sure do you do with the captive audience? That's the way you do it. Exactly. <laughs> you must kind of sort of like to hear me talk because you, you've been listening to this in many cases for 149 episodes. Is that 140? Did we say that? Yeah. We said 149, yes. So as, as I'm hoping you're aware, I also have two YouTube channels. One is a family channel called Alan's Ever After. So, hey, if you come from a family, if you like family, also, if you just, you know, like uh, eating, I hope we do a lot of eating. We do a lot of grocery shopping over there, trying to find out the best coupons, best deals and best prices over there. And then, of course, uh, my personal channel is Brian Psionic, where I do a well, like like over here, I do a lot of gaming geeky nerd related stuff so you know and obviously uh madden 23 just launched i'm diving extremely deep into all the madden football for those of you that like football or at least the electronic simulation thereof been doing some pack openings for the games and people seem to kind of like magic people just say hey there is some kind of just dopamine hit we get from cracking packs or even seeing other people crack open packs just hey that 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 eternal hey hope to pull something good and then no it's more garbage but hey we still like to look at it dude you gotta have hope exactly (laughs) so a lot of people say you know obviously times are harder than gas is well the gas is trending downward now after a long time thankfully so we know houses by the way yeah we know a lot of people don't have, you know, the money to send us, but you know what you can do is like, hey, you can just drop, this goes for me and Dequan, you can just drop us a subscribe on our YouTube channel if you haven't done that already, cost you just a second of your time, but it goes a long way toward helping us be, you know, profitable and monetize those endeavors. And again, if you kind of sort of like the sound of my voice and my apparent resemblance to Lawrence Fishburne, I just, I've accepted it at this point. Too many yeah. people have said it, we're going to continue that- to deny it. 
That's a good call out, though. You know, I think, and, and we'll talk about more related to this kind of at the end of the show, but, you know, with the recession going on and, you know, some people losing their jobs or whatever, we do provide a lot of things that are free entertainment for the most part. And, you know, nothing wrong with that. Like, it's great that we're able to produce it and people can be entertained by it. But you do get people who show saying, man, I really would love to support you, but, you know, I can't buy your merch or, you know, I can't buy anything from one of your sponsors or whatever. Like, honestly, just retweeting something, sharing yeah. something in your Facebook groups, I don't know, make a Reddit post about it, like whatever it is to help your favorite creators, even if it's not us, just help your favorite creators gain reach is very big. Because, because all the social media, you know, they, they care that the people, that's one of the main things they look for is, hey, are people interacting with this content? Yeah. And the truth is, each of you will know people or be connected to people that your creators are not. No matter how big you think their influence is or their social circles are or whatever, there will be somebody connected to you, not connected to them. And maybe that's another set of eyeballs that becomes a long-term viewer, buys their stuff, you know, whatever. So even just you taking that extra minute or two minutes to copy, paste, share, whatever, goes a very long way, like truthfully. So even if you're tight on a budget or you can't spend or maybe you can't even support our Patreon for a while or whatever, totally understandable. If you can do those other things for your favorite creators, you will still be doing them a solid. And we'd be very appreciative. But let's talk about some more positive things because you know what time it is. It's our What Did We Learn segment. So, Brian, what did we learn this week? Because I have a feeling we're going to have some pretty fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, we give EA a lot of grief, and um, in fairness, they have earned a lot of it. They're, I think, a multiple-time winner of the worst company in America. But as with the Wizards of the Coast or anybody else we talk about, when they do something good, we want to give them a shout-out. And uh, EA actually did something really, really incredibly nice this week. Apparently, there was some kind of glitch in the uh, Epic Game Store in India where the uh, FIFA 23 Ultimate, and it's the Ultimate Edition, the 99, well, basically $100. The $100 edition, some kind of way, went on sale for six cents in the Epic Game Store in India. And after realizing the, the huge mistake and uh, you know, everybody to grab on, go ahead and buy the copy. EA decided they would actually honor the 99% discount on the price. Man, that's a 99.9% discount. Right? Like, <laughs> like, and again, you... that's the good edition. That comes with a whole bunch of cards and packs for the ultimate team mode that we that I often spend way too much money and time on. Yeah, had I had I that happened uh, in my Epic Game Store, yeah, I would have bought that. You'd be seeing some FIFA 23 videos. Dude, I don't even know how that happens. Like, I would get if it said, like, 99 cents. I mean, I've seen some or, mistakes before, but that one. <laughs> yeah, because like I'm saying, if it's, like, a $99 thing and maybe somebody only hits 99 and doesn't hit the two zeros behind it or something, like, I, I could see how that could happen. Yeah, six but cents? Like, I have no idea exactly yeah, how. Yeah, just have it show up as .06. I don't know how that like i mean cool that they're honoring it though yeah because like i said that is the, the the super good edition and it may be in being a collector's item because uh i don't know if you know is uh, another double bonus on uh what or what did we learn this is going to be the last uh, last installment of the fifa series because fifa decided to ask ea for basically 250 million dollars a year so a billion dollars over a four-year contract to keep the fifa name and ea like you know what <laughs> starting in 2023 we're just gonna call the thing ea sports fc <laughs> get wrecked fifa <laughs> yeah i don't ooh, i'm trying to think like how much money does EA even make on FIFA? Now I got to go. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's not that they can't afford to pay it. They, I think they realized they really don't have to. There's probably, I think this probably applies to almost every sport. There's probably 30 or 40 guys where as long as you make, get, do a deal with them, make sure they're in the game, you'll be able to sell it. All right, let me see. So it says here, FIFA's financial statements for 2020 show that more than half of their income came from license fees. And it doesn't... They said say... half is not good enough. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, let's see. 
It made in 2020, FIFA made 158.9 million from license fees and totaled 266.5 million in revenue. That's that's way more than half. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Um, yeah, that's gonna be. A I think uh, kind of the way. Uh, I think kind of the way their stuff is set up is players are allowed to cut some of their own deals as long as they don't go, you know, and and, and cut a deal like, hey, we sell cigarettes to ten year olds or something. So, but so a video game deal, like, yeah, they'd be probably fine with that. I would imagine. Yeah, I was trying to figure out. It, it doesn't really show any hard numbers. It just shows that. EA made a pile of money from total game sales, but I don't see anything here that talks about the individual amount. But uh, it does say that Ultimate Team accounts for 29% of EA's total revenue. Yeah, that's so that's also probably part of why they honored the deals. Like, hey, if you only paid six cents for the game, and you and they've given you a bunch of Ultimate, like, like a crack dealer, <laughs> we got you hooked on Ultimate Team now. <laughs> Yeah. You like it, give us a little bit more money because you didn't even pay for the game. Yeah, and that becomes kind of like my next deal, right? Is like you got the edition that has all the extra cards and whatever. And, you know, I assume 10, 15% of those people who ended up getting the six cent copy probably weren't going to buy the game otherwise. I mean, more more than that, probably. But of the people who got it, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 10 to 15% are willing to at least try out Ultimate Team. It's like the Steam sale. How many games have you bought over the course of your gaming career just because they were $2 on Steam? And then you have how many unplayed games? 200 Because oh, <laughs> you only bro, pay a like, dollar for it. Not just that, but like recently they had like uh, Fall Guys go on sale or whatever. And I was watching somebody play and dude, there was like 80 costumes I'd never seen before. Right. So... Even at a cheap price, people are going in and outfitting all their characters and getting all the different color waists and whatever. So, like, there's some money there. I mean, to the right did audience. Did you see they added uh, Dragon Ball Z characters to Fortnite this week? I'm just loving that. all the content of, you know, watching Vegeta and Goku do the dabs and the dancing modes and stuff. Like, I can that, That's a whole other way In a wild time where you could have, like, Goku gunned down like your favorite comic book character. But yeah, go, and, Goku could, could gun down Batman. And then and then just do the Dougie over him. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like for real. Like that's where we're at right now in gaming. It is a wild, wild time. I saw somebody, you know, doing their all the famous dance emotes of Vegeta, like, Kakarot, you have to show them how sturdy Saiyans are. Mm. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so I don't know, man. That's a cool, interesting story. It'd be really interesting to see where it goes because if these licensing fees are worth that much to FIFA, and I'm assuming the previous deal was maybe $100 million, I don't know. Maybe the bulk of their money was coming from EA you know, on these licenses. If so... Because I believe that is their best-selling series because, again, the soccer is the world's game, basically. I, I think Madden probably still outsells it. No, because outside of America, who buys Madden? Almost nobody. Um, now I got see. This is why we got Google. We're gonna go. Which sells more? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's Madden FIFA or FIFA. I I think FIFA has more fans for sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. FIFA was the best selling overall for the West. Madden was the overall selling for US, which we expected. Uh, some stuff about Apex Legends. We didn't give us a hard number though. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> we yeah, thought we outside were of the U.S., I don't think Madden does. The, I mean, oh, obviously, yeah. it sells, still sells because there's their football fans all over the place. Yeah, but I'm with you. I don't think it's going to sell nearly as much once you get outside of like North America. I would say because I know a fair amount of players that play in like Canada and Mexico, but like outside of that, I don't think you're going to sell hardly any. But yeah, FIFA is going to sell again pretty much everywhere else. It's going to sell. It's going to do Madden, Madden's numbers in Europe, in Asia, in South America, or probably Australia. Also, I would imagine. I, I believe that rugby and soccer are both more popular than football in in Australia as well. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. New Zealand, now, yeah. <laughs> back to the the thing I was saying though was like it wouldn't surprise me that they're going to be hard selling this license. Right. If EA passes on that. So then it just comes down to, can you even find another company 
that both wants to produce a soccer game, well, or has the capabilities, I guess, and can pay the $250 million. Right? That's that's kind of the tough and, you part. You know, it's about funny because uh, Konami's soccer series has been kind of in a downward spiral for years. So maybe they want to pony up the money and try again. Maybe. I mean, that's kind of the issue when you do these types of negotiations, though, right? Like, you're like, hey, I know y'all are making a bunch of money off this. Like, we're going to ask for more money. The problem is just what you're seeing, though, is when they reject it, who can you go to that's going to be able to pay that amount now? And if you end up in a situation like, let's say, you know, the other series, they say, well, we can pay $100 million, which is basically probably the old price. Well, now you're no better off and you have a lesser company slash brand making the game, right? So that's one of the reasons that EA and a couple of other companies stopped making baseball games because baseball wanted to up the license fee and they're like, we're not making the current license fee back. So never mind. Yeah. So I, I don't really know. I mean, it's, it's very. Sony picked it up, you know, because they make an excellent baseball game and they knew it would help them sell back then PlayStation 4s and now PlayStation 5s. And it has done that. Yeah. Well, like I said, this is one probably going to be worth keeping eyes on. Probably won't see it come to true development for, if I were guessing, somewhere around two years because we'll have to shop it around. Somebody will have to get to development on their version of FIFA soccer or whatever. And eventually have it be a thing but who the heck definitely something we'll keep an eye on yeah totally worth it now the thing i wanted to bring up and this isn't so much of what did we learn as much as like watching other people express what they've learned but started having the conversation with folks of where was the point where you realized you were learning more away from school than in school and it was interesting to see people's, and, and I'm sure even people I just said that are probably thinking about it now. But for a lot of people, it was like, oh, it was when I moved away to this place, or I took this job, or, you know, I had a kid, or whatever. But it was interesting that for some people, that was like year two out of school, right after they graduated. But then for others, it wasn't until like year five, year eight, you know. But it's kind of interesting to think about, right? You go to school from the time you're you're five to eighteen, so like thirteen years or whatever, and then you learn more sometimes in two years, yeah, right? Like right out of school, like, and it feels like it makes so much of what we learn irrelevant, which is sad to me because I may have mentioned this on the show before. Like I even tried at one point to try to teach people some skills as juniors and seniors and got rejected from being able to do it. But there's so much in school we're taught that just doesn't apply to, man, I, I don't even think I'm exaggerating when I say over 95% of students. You know? or, or things that are taught wrong because we had a situation with the STAR test in Texas where, you know, a lot of people were just saying, hey, get standardized testing in general is kind of bad. This test especially sucks. And they interviewed up for the English portion. There are some questions they ask you about a, about a poem and I guess evaluating. First of all, it's kind of like Dead Poet Society. How well you can't really rank a poem on a scale, but they they asked the author of the poem when she basically I guess kind of took the star test, and even she said, "No, this is that they're teaching this wrong. This is not what that poem means." Yeah, that that's and, tough. and that's just because it, she got asked. There's no telling how many people who you know aren't being asked if they're liter if the, whatever they wrote is being taught properly. Yeah, that, that's a. Man, I don't know. It, it's just like I, I look back at all the classes I had and there are so many things that I know will never apply to me in my adult life. Like, honestly, for the most part, outside of like algebra and geometry, the rest of the math I learned, like trig, all that, like wasted. Like never going to go. How, do you even really use algebra anywhere? Yeah, you use algebra a lot, but you don't realize you're using it. You know, like basic stuff. You're like, OK, I'm going to do a party this weekend. We're going to need X amount of bags of chips. They cost this much. How many can I afford to buy? Right? Like, that's simple algebra. That's like your XYZ kind of thing. Right? Isn't that just kind of basically like basic multiplication, though? You buy 10 bags of chips that cost $2. Is that really considered algebra? Well, it is because you're using unknown variables. Like, you're trying to work backwards to solve things based on your X and Ys or whatever. 
right? I guess it's, so like, it's, like which part would you consider to be unknown? It's not just saying I need, I know I need 10 bags of chips and I have an infinite amount of money. It's just, I'm trying to figure out how much money I need, right? This is, I have only this much money. I need to take care of this many people. How many bags of chips is that? So yeah, it's a little, it's a little different, but that being said, you do use algebra quite a bit, like just for practical things around and even geometry, like figuring out, okay, I have this much space in the room. I have this much square footage. I can put this many, I don't know, couches, shelves or whatever along this wall, whatever, like that even makes sense. But beyond that, I don't know why we need to teach a lot of that. And when we're not teaching people, you know, how to read a stock chart, you know, figuring out your interest rate on your mortgage or hell, even how to fill out resumes, you know, like whatever, right? Those are all things that would be helpful to people. And Taxes would be, and just yeah, all those things. Any of that stuff. Like, and would still be, you would still be learning things and still be applying real skills that you're learning in school. But it's just like, we'd at least be applying them for things that people could carry into their adult lives. And it's sad to watch so many people struggle. And honestly, most of the people, when they were talking about their stories, like their learnings ended up happening because of struggles that could have been avoided. Yeah. You know, that's where a lot of it comes from. So I very sad. To, to getting taught about journalism, and I don't think we ever even discussed how to tell or how, even how to react when you believe somebody's lying to you. Yeah. Which is a thing when in journalism you'd encounter every day where you're just looking at somebody in the eye and like, yeah, especially dealing with it because I started as a police reporter. You're like, yeah, this is this press release is BS. Now, how do I go about proving it? Yeah, true. Uh, side note, <clears throat> excuse me. Best I could find here is Lifetime. FIFA has 325 million copies since 1993, and it is basically double that of Madden since. 1988 or whatever. I figured because you know again it sells Madden numbers in every other country. Yeah, true, true. I, yeah, we know soccer is just huge everywhere, so not a huge surprise. But yeah, I I don't know where that's going to end up at the end of all this. But uh, I, I think again, long as they get you know, and I'm not a huge soccer fan, so no players come immediately to mind. But they, I think every sport has that probably 25 or 30 players where long as you got them, you'll be able to sell your game. Oh, well, we had that back in the day, you know, Jordan versus bird, right? Joe Montana's quarterback club or whatever it was like. And even for people, you know, that didn't work with the players association, they remember Tecmo ball would have QB Eagles, which mm -hmm. was obviously Randall Cunningham because he was ungodly fast. Well, you had like Lawrence Taylor, who was the most insane thing in Tecmo bowl, but wasn't, officially called Lawrence Taylor, but he was like fast as all get like literally somehow they had him lined up on special teams and he was faster than everybody else in the whole damn game. You could block an infinite amount of kicks. It was really stupid. Oh, it looks like I lost Brian for a second there. I just Let's lost my connection. Established connection here. Uh, sorry, I lost my connection there for a moment. All right, you're back. Looks like we got you. And my dog's having a fit of some kind. <laughs> That's exciting. I don't know those two things are connected. It's all right. We'll take that as a sign. Time to move to the topics of the week. All right, so we did touch on there being some issues with Gen Con this year or whatever. Well, as it turns out, there were some darker issues that happened. We've seen reports now, at least when I've been looking, I believe they came from three different people. I was also told there was hinted at at least another three that could potentially have issues and one that somebody else was talking to. So I don't know. There's there's six to seven, depending on who these people are and how you piece them together. Now, I did try to do a little bit of a deep dive here, and we couldn't find the full name of this person referenced as simply Daisy. I don't know if Daisy is somebody's username or if this is somebody's actual first name that they're not using their last name or either way, just protecting their identity while these allegations are working their way out. Don't know. But there were multiple instances where people at least posted on socials. I don't mind speaking about this, but this Daisy person apparently 
sexually harassed multiple people. Now, not to to make light of this, but this is an actual feat. When you're talking, you have four days, and somehow you manage to harass, we'll say up to six people. For sure, at least four. Like, what the hell? Like, what was this person doing? You know what I mean? Like, uh, just it's nothing gaming related. It sounds like, it's yeah. Just... Like when you like you've been to conventions, like you barely have time. Sometimes, even even in the evenings, you got plans to go eat with people. Maybe you're doing a late night tournament or something. Like, when are you? It feels like they went to, to Gen Con specifically to harass people. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, the dirty part of this is this person apparently blew up their whole career in the gaming industry because it sounds like, and I couldn't find a hard number. It's somewhere between eight and 10 years. They have been working with Gen Con on the streaming side of stuff, I guess, or at least the PR technical side. And in one weekend. Yeah. Done. Because every person. As they should be. Because again, multiple (laughs) allegations, people are talking to each other and I'm, I'm going to guess they're going to be banned from Gen Con if they hadn't already been done. And pretty much each person she worked with that weekend, Gen Con themselves, whatever, are all on top of the investigation. So yeah, this is going to be a no stone unturned kind of a thing. And you talk about being persona non grata, especially with the current climate of like social issues or whatever. Like, Dude, like, and, and it's insane. And honestly, and I won't go into too much detail here because, you know, trigger warnings and all that. But this person was like getting overly inebriated, you know, forcefully groping and or kissing people like at one point used that as an excuse to get into bed with somebody else. Like, yeah, it's just just mortifying stuff. Yeah, it's. But and with reason, I you, you were talking about just the the amount of allegations in such a short period of time. Like, yeah, somebody you know that used to read incident reports. This is, I've I, I've read police reports that weren't this bad. Yeah, like, and this is the so type just of to be something that comes from a gaming convention was just completely mind blowing to me. This is the type of thing where, and, and I'm no professional, so I'm not going to claim this one way or the other. But like, I personally start thinking, like, did this person have like a breakdown? You know what I mean? Like, was there something going on where, like, just they decided this is it. They're going to get just effed up drunk all weekend, you know, every after party, whatever. And then, like, they're just going to, I don't know, in their head, they were just going to have their way or go get some. I don't know. But, like, and not only that, to the point that, like, coming up to people that they had recognized on, on, I guess, like, Tinder or one of the dating apps. They weren't specific. And then they would, like, harass them to go, like swipe right on them or whatever and then would try to make a thing out of it afterward like it was very weird man and uh, there were a couple of people that really said you know they considered daisy to be a friend until this stuff happened so just so i mean personal relationships destroyed you know uh just career destroyed and then to think of you know just i mean i remember that the first time i got to go you know to the consumer electronics show to E3, what great memories those were for me. Some of these people will probably never be able to go back to Gen oh, Con because gonna it's going go. to trigger them. Yeah, they're not going to want to go back. And they're, they're, it's not going to be a thing that they enjoy anymore. They're, they're going to have flashbacks from this nightmarish weekend. So they have ruined you know, what's supposed to be a positive, fun experience for, I guess, at least six people that we know of and possibly more as, as you know, other stuff comes out. Yeah, one of the tough parts here is that this is, like, you have a person that was welcome into every circle, effectively. And, like, this type of stuff can still happen. You know, you just have to be vigilant about it. And what's worse is I felt really bad because one of the persons was recanting her story, and it sounded like nobody around her was really doing anything. Even though I couldn't imagine she wasn't visibly uncomfortable from every way it was described, right? Like, obviously, like, pulling away and whatever. And, like, that bothered me. Like, obviously, the bad actor is the worst part of this whole thing. But, like, it bothers me in the sense that, like, 
why didn't somebody else say something? Or at least like do that thing where you're like, hey, let me talk to you for a second or whatever. And just pull them away to just get them away from the other person or something, whatever. Right. I'm not saying you have to make a scene or whatever, but. But if you, I mean, if you see something, say something. Really. Yeah, it's we just gotta be. What you kept doing a situation like this, and I guess because I've just seen enough things and been enough convention, I feel like I would have been more proactive about it. But like, I'm also aware that like I don't even know if those people know each other when you're at a convention. Like, I might be rescuing somebody from a from stranger danger. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I guess I'm just more concerned about it. Plus, coming from the perspective of somebody who's run events and stuff, I guess that's that's part of it. But. Yeah, th- it was just a pretty rough story to have to read over the weekend. And then to see multiple people putting out their versions of stuff that happened to them and how much overlapped was also pretty creepy because then that means the person kind of had their like their MO, you know, for the weekend of how they were going to be approaching people or coming on to them or whatever. So, and that's a tough part. Like, I don't know how much was premeditated or not or whatever, but yeah, it's just a rough situation for a lot of people. And it's it sucks that people had to have that. Especially in this case where, for some of them, that was their first event in three years or whatever to go to. You know? like, And then you're dealing with that? Like, that's ugh, terrible. Terrible. But figured it was at least worth mentioning since we brought up some other Gen Con stuff. And again, I don't think this is a Gen Con issue. This is definitely just somebody decided they were going to have, I don't know, lose their mind that weekend. And hopefully, yeah, and as I said, everything I've heard is that Gen Con was very quick to respond to this and, and take the proper steps. And oh, yeah, even to the point that they ended up putting one of the we'll call her the victims, you know, on a separate shift so they didn't have to work with them because they were scheduled to still be on the same shift, I think, on like a Saturday or a Sunday. So they swapped them up so they wouldn't even have to work together anymore, you know. Was so definitely good on Gen Con for responding to that quickly. Yeah, apparently she was rooming with somebody and then one of the other people in charge volunteered to swap rooms with them so it wasn't an issue. Just, you know, so people went out of their way to make sure, like, hey, no, we get you. This is going down. Like, we're going to take you out of that situation. So, you know, I don't fault anybody at the event, any organizers, whatever. This is obviously just a bad actor, but sucks that that just happened, you know. But all right, let's move on to... uh, what should have been more fun, but possibly more controversial story. So as it turns out, there was a contest. I believe it was run through whatnot, which is kind of like a social app where people stream, but are also selling stuff where they were going to pick a contest winner. And that winner was going to get to play a best two out of three one-on-one commander matchup against post Malone. You've probably seen Post Malone recently because he's been on several shows. He's been on with The Professor and Game Nights and all these other people. Uh, I think he was on uh, Tabletop Jocks, you know, a couple of things. But it didn't go the way people expected, I think. So as it turns out, the person who won was, at least from everything I could find, was not a he's not a full-time enfranchised Magic player. Knows of Magic, knows how to play it, but wasn't what we would call a regular, right? Well, they end up flying this person out, you know, get everything set up. You got this room, lights, you've got a bunch of magic personalities there. And the match goes on. Apparently, this person gets some coaching in the pivotal game from two or three people. And, you know, it's like real names that were there. I believe, you know, Josh Lee Quiet was there from Game Nights. Uh, Olivia Gobert Hicks, the cosplayer you might know, was there. Brian Kibler was there. I think the professor was there. So, like, lots, lots of known personalities were present. And they were helping him out, giving him tips or whatever while he was playing to to beat Posty. And I guess that on the last turn or two, it looked like Post Malone had an option to play something and chose not to. Now, whether he really saw it or not, who knows, right? He might have just missed it with all the commotion and everybody getting excited that the other guy was about to win or whatever. Maybe he purposely didn't play it just so the other dude won. Like, who cares, right? But you have a fairly unknown person who had the opportunity to go to this thing, meet a celebrity, meet other magic celebrities, and win $100,000. But the internet was mad. Like, they apparently were like, ah, well, he didn't even play all those games himself, and he got way too much help, and Post Malone just decided to let him win. He could have done XYZ or whatever. Like, does Post really need another 100 k No. 
Like, really? And if and if he was always going to tank, it doesn't matter that the other person got coached. Yeah, exactly. That's my other part of it. Like, if the result was going to be what it is, whatever, who cares? Now, in my heart of hearts, seeing how Post Malone has treated a bunch of other people and everything else, I have a belief that had he won, he was probably going to give the person 100K anyway. Like, yeah, I don't. Who's cheering for the person that's already a millionaire to win another hundred thousand dollars? I hope nobody. No, not just like multi-millionaire, multiple right? Grammy winner, blah blah. You know, like he's not like like he doesn't need it. You know what I mean? It's life-changing money for one of these people. One of the people involved. It's you know Tuesday for Post Malone. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's just signing another advertising deal or whatever for him, right? right? So. It's tough, right? Because I get it. Maybe you wanted it to see be more competitive and you wanted it to be a full-time magic player. I, I don't know. Whatever. But the the per, the dude won fair and square. He took the opportunity to go try to get $100,000. And who knows? Maybe now he's paying off his car, his house, a medical bill. Who knows, right? Why are people upset about this? Like, Like, what is the benefit at the end of it of just going, oh, yep. Post Malone just stomped him out in two games straight. Yeah, nobody. Want, I hope nobody wants to see that. No, I don't want to see that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what's what's the excitement there? And like, I mean, it's, it's like Batman versus Superman. Who's really wanting Superman to win? Yeah, <laughs> it's it, just it, some people. It's a promotional tool anyway, right? They already made sure they had the money to give away. It's already earmarked. Just like everybody wins. In this scenario, right? Post Malone got to hang out with some people he enjoys. He got to give some stuff away. Somebody won a contest, got $100,000, whatnot, got their name on a bunch of stuff, working with Post Malone or whatever. Like, like I, I don't get it, man. I just don't. Like, I'm watching people be mad, and I'm like, but why? Like, because he got help to win $100,000? Okay. Like, are they just mad because it wasn't them? You know what I mean? Like that's probably <laughs> that's probably the biggest thing. Well, if I was there, I could have beat him, or I wouldn't have made the mistakes he made, or like I don't know. Maybe that's the logic. I I just don't get it. Like I was just happy going, like, hey, cool, some random dude won a hundred k. Like that's that was literally my thought. I didn't even think much more about it. And then as I saw the complaints, I'm like, you know, he was probably gonna give that hundred k away anyway. So like, yeah, I don't know. It like I said, I'm just bringing up more that like. It was some news for a couple minutes there on Twitter this week, and it was just stupid. But remember how we talked about M30 or Magic 30 tickets last week? And I do. Prizes, and they were expensive? Well, the most expensive one sold out the fastest. So, and the third most expensive ticket, I believe, only lasted like a day or something. So, people that were like, Ah, these tickets are too expensive. No one's going to want to buy them. Yeah, BS. There were people well, mad I mean, they could buy them. Both of those things can be true. A thing can be too expensive, and a bunch of people still want to buy it. Because to me, you know, like, let's say $5,000 for a purse, kind of ridiculous, but they still sell them. Sure. I, I'm a believer that it's, it's only expensive if nobody's buying it. Like... Now, again, they still had regular tickets. You could still spent $60, still got in for the weekend, go play your things, whatever. That's still a thing. Like, the, the issue I had, though, wasn't with the prices or anything else. Like, I, it's more of the, the lead time on the announcement was not very long. So people didn't even know if they wanted to buy tickets or get a hotel or whatever because you didn't know even what was happening until, what, a week ago or so or whatever. Right? So that's kind of the first issue. The other was that, as it turns out, you couldn't see the individual event schedule to because a lot of events had like you had to pre-buy tickets or reserve your place or whatever. But you couldn't even do that until you'd already purchased an event ticket to get in for a convention ticket. So that was a little awkward, right? You should have had access to that to at least see what's there. Because like you might buy the one of the more expensive tickets and then it turns out like, oh, there's like four or five things you want to do and two of them overlap with something of the reason you'd be buying the more expensive ticket, right? So then you you, you can make a better buying decision. But a lot of people couldn't do that. And that that's... But it's, it's like the price thing. They did it. <laughs> They've gotten away with it. <laughs> so now they can do the exact same thing next year. Yeah, maybe. I mean, very possible. But I, to me, that would be the biggest piece of feedback is just the... 
not being able to see the information you needed to help you make your better buying decision and then not having the information early enough. But, you know, we talked about it last week. Like, the prices actually weren't that bad for what was being offered and compared to other events and whatever. So, yeah. But well, did we find out what was happening in the command zone that warranted? The no, price? I actually didn't even follow up on that. Like, once I saw the tickets sold out or whatever, I'm like, it doesn't even matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, what if, yeah. whatever's going to happen. I guess that's bottom line for Wizards. Like, they sold out, so. Yeah, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. There's no story to, like, even if we figure out what it is, it, nobody can act on it at this point, you know? Those those tickets are already gone, so it'll be it'll be interesting. And I'll definitely be boots on the ground, and I'll be talking about it. Maybe even sharing some like I don't know some type of live social content from it. But yeah, it, it was interesting to see that those tickets sold out nearly instantly. I mean, it was just a couple of minutes from the looks of things. So yeah, congrats, you priced it correctly, and people bought it. Wizards, there you go. But we got to get the information right so people don't feel so stressed making that buying decision. But looking at the prices and looking at things that sold and then having people say like, well, look, Arena's dying and Magic's dying because stream numbers are down. Did you not just see that they just sold out like crazy price tickets for a thing? <laughs> like, like I, I think we're, we too often try to find a metric and then build a narrative from that instead of letting it just be part of the overall story. You know, and I think this is one of those cases where people want to bring up stats on Twitter being a th or on Twitch being a thing. But the reality is, you know, we talked about it where you have a game like Raid Shadow Legends that the only way you don't know what this thing is, is you've just not looked at any content in the last five years because, hell, they've sponsored. I don't know if you've seen Google Foods. It's a it's a food channel where he just likes crazy food experiments and they they were promoting on there. Yeah, Ray be everywhere. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and they. I'm having to, to go to my dentist one day. And be like, this this crowd sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends for real. Like, I would not even be shocked. Actually, I'd have been like, yeah, that tracks. But even that game, you know, for as big as it is, for as much as they promote, for as much money as they give away, they only have, I believe, like five or six hundred concurrent viewers or whatever average. Like, that's not that many. That's nothing. For a game of that size. But that doesn't mean Rage Shadow Legends is dying. You know, hell, people talk about how they should be following what Runeterra does and whatever. Hell, Runeterra many times has lower average than even Magic has. Lower average streamers and average viewers. So it's like, I don't understand. You know, I think the reality is people, and we've seen for a while, that people like playing Magic more than watching Magic. And that's okay. You know, the and other... they like, you know, watching for people to like watching. They like watching shooters, battle royals, and yeah. that stuff far more than they like watching card games. Well, a lot we, of we it I think, before we started this. Yeah. I think a lot of it is that it's easier to absorb, right? Like I don't True. have to know a strategic thing to understand, I don't know, call of duty. Right? Like I, I get people grabbing guns and shooting people. Right, yeah. I don't have to like. It's pretty easy to see who's winning. <laughs> yeah, I might need to like if I'm watching. I don't know. Let's say Apex Legends. I might need to know about certain weapons and why things are aren't working a certain way. But I even that I can figure out after watching for a couple minutes. Like you're not necessarily like if you're playing Magic or Hearthstone or Runeterra or whatever. You're like, oh well, why'd this card go away or why is this thing getting bigger? Why didn't that die when these two things slammed into each other or whatever it is, right? There's knowledge you have to have. So they're better for enfranchised players, not for average viewers. And then you have like the buildup of like Wizards of the promoting as heavy on Twitch like they were before. You didn't have. Yeah, a, Wizards, Wizards is like the, the, the eSport thing. Yeah. Is that they stopped trying to make fetch happen in terms of eSports. You didn't have the a standard set released during the summer like you normally do. So that has an effect. Some of the bigger creators took some time off for various reasons. So that's going to be a bunch of viewers not hopping on. Like, there's a bunch of just, like, random factors on top of that that contribute to it as well. And, you know, I think we'll see a spike coming up because there'll be an early access event in a couple weeks. You'll have, you know, in October, you'll have the World Championships, and that's going to be streamed or whatever, so that'll get you some stuff. But realistically, I think we're seeing, you know, that stream streaming is a part of Magic, but it's not 
critical to the overall success of magic. Like it's beneficial to the overall success, but I don't think it's a critical indicator by any means of the level of success that the game's going to have. And, you know, even then where you, we talk about like, well, stream numbers have slowly come down or whatever, but yeah, but their dollars in their pocket have also kept going up. Like these things are not aligned. Like they don't run on the same path and that's fine. Like I said, there's other games we've talked about that they are also operating very well, making piles of money. Their stream numbers don't really matter. That's just how it yeah, is. Yeah, as I said, we checked Twitch before we came out here. There are there are no card games up there in the in the top, you know, ten or twenty. So if it's not like it's not like Rune Terra or somebody figured out a better way to present it, like they're just folks for the most part are not watching card games at the same level they are other genres. Yeah, for people that want it, here's the list. Now, excluding just the all other card games category, because that's obviously going to be the largest. You've got. Just Chatting, which people don't understand, Just Chatting has had the most growth on Twitch over the last three years over every other category. Like, it seems, you you think about Twitch in terms of, like, gaming, but really Just Chatting is huge over there. So you have Just Chatting, League of Legends, amazing that that's still so high, uh, Grand Theft Auto, Valorant, Minecraft, Rust, which was the one that surprised me on this list, uh, Dota 2, Apex Legends, Tower of Fantasy, which I'd never heard of, but apparently it's like number nine or 10 on this list. Then you have just slots as a whole category. Uh, Fortnite, Cult of the Lamb, which is a newer one, I guess, that I've seen some people playing. And I've heard nothing but great things about it. Yeah. So that checks out. So Call of Duty Warzone, Counter-Strike, Global Offense, Rocket League, Dead by Daylight, World of Warcraft, Teamfight Tactics, and then general variety category. So you don't even have a, what I would call, strategy game. In the top 20. I mean, everything else is either just first-person style stuff or, you know, crafty, like Minecraft or something, you know, is in there. But everything else, I mean, I get, oh, that's not true. You have a MOBA because you've got League of Legends in there and CSGO. And it's not just a MOBA, it's the MOBA. Yeah. (laughs) That's why it's up there. The gap between League of Legends and even Dota is a significant gap. Oh, sure, for sure. That, so that's that right here, 119 viewers to 40,000. It just. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely a big difference. But, you know, the only one that t- feels to me like it breaks the expectation is Teamfight Tactics, and it's basically bringing up the rear on that list. You know, so to expect something like Magic or whatever, like, kind of like we were saying before we got recording, right? If Magic and Hearthstone don't break that list all it's going to be very hard for other strategy games to break that list for at least any extended period of time yeah and i i don't know what it would take but i think it's there's a learning curve and a strategy thing and whatever that goes with that that you you not if you're not enfranchised with that knowledge it's just you're just going to be hard to break that top 20 yeah, and I think all of those things, when it comes down to it, are far more visually. And to, to, to you know, Arena and Hearthstone's credit, they have done everything to try to, you know, with voice work and little light explosions and things to make it look interesting. But at the end of the day, it still doesn't compare to watching Call of Duty, Overwatch, yeah, League of Legends. This isn't even just about licensing, right? Because you have Master Duel that came out not long ago. You got the Pokemon thing that came out. Uh, like four or five months ago, like so. Even the other card games that have huge licensing aren't cracking the top twenty, and and those are worldwide national brands with twenty years of history. You know, whatever. Like, still not cracking it. it. I think it's just the style of game in the category is just not as easy for a lot of people to grasp very easily, and just the way it is. But again, I think you can still do well streaming any of those things. Yeah, absolutely. There's still going to be a market for it. You can still make several hundred, if not a thousand dollars a month. So I guess that's you know that's probably who it matters for. The stream numbers are down. It's like you know as we talked about content creators. Yes, for us it matters. Yeah, and and I think to that end, the people that are good creators or good personalities or whatever, they're still going to draw their audiences. I think where it hurts people is like if you just are not great. It's going to be a lot harder for you to find bodies. You know, and I think that's kind of the design where people look and go like, well, I tried streaming whatever strategy game and just nobody watched it. And it's like, yeah, but this other dude, every time he gets on, he gets like 300 viewers. You know, like there's a reason for that. <laughs> like 
it sucks to say that, but it's just being honest. So yeah, I, I while I think there is some relevance to the numbers, and we can talk about you know missed opportunities and marketing possibilities and all this stuff. I don't think those numbers directly tied to the success or failure of a game, unless that was part of their core business plan. You know, and I don't think in the case of Magic or Master Duel or Hearthstone or whatever, like those weren't the initial backbone of their promotions. Like, and they're still no, making man, Magic tried it for a while and then decided they didn't like it. And then really from the, their financials, didn't need to do it. Yeah, didn't matter at the end of the day. You know, as much as people want to complain about it, like, and we've talked about it on the show before, various aspects that we almost, I honestly, I would almost say that we as players and fans or whatever probably led Wizards to believe that those things were important. Turns out they weren't. And the vocal minority were just wrong. <laughs> like, that's where we're at now. But... That does bring us to another kind of interesting part. We kind of segued these all together this week. And completely unintentionally for the most <laughs> part. But when we're talking about the success of a game, or games, actually we'll say gaming, you know, you end up in the situation kind of like last year where you had this boom on Pokemon. Or, you know, the extended hell at this point, like eight-year growth of magic or whatever, with prices going up and everything. At some point, whether we like it or hell, and we hell, we've seen it with comic books. Was hell, we just had a Tom Brady card sell for us the highest priced rookie card or something of a modern era athlete, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? At some point, these collectibles just become quality investments. And, you know, I think it's a question of like, is that good or bad? Because on the one hand, you do have the the argument of it makes your things less accessible or attainable. Which, you know, I think depending on if you want the collectible most rare version of a thing versus just a playable version of a thing, I don't think that necessarily... Like, I think that's where the argument is, right? Like, the rarest thing that I really want, I can't have. But in the case of Wizards, where they're making whatever, you know, gold etch, blah, blah, sea from the moon, foil, whatever, and... You have a regular one that's like two dollars, <laughs> right? Then that's fine, right? The, the game piece is still attainable if you just want it as a game piece. But you do have other things like comic books in some cases and and sports cards or whatever, where the only thing that exists is the rare version or the pricey version. So in those cases, I could see it being unfortunate, you know, if you're a collector or a fan or whatever, not being able to acquire it. But the other side of that argument is, and I posted about this, I believe, uh, was it either Emma or, or MTG Nerd Girl? I don't know, remember which one had posted it. But I had responded saying, you know, about eight or nine years ago, there was a guy that came into my store. He was a regular at the time who worked for one of the big in investment companies. And even he, when he was talking to us about stuff, he had a hard time telling people to not invest in gaming and nerd stuff. Because so many of the nerd things were starting to go up in value. I mean, and now, and dude, you're talking about like Funko Pops, Transformers, you know, like so many random things are worth a ton now, right? And I kind of get it. He was saying garbage no. pail. That's, that's the thing from my childhood that just gets me. Garbage pail kids are worth thousands of dollars. Oh, now. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I had almost every one of them, if not dude, every I had one of them. Some of those making noise in my tire spokes. Right, you know I what I mean. Because right. <laughs> we're kids, we had no. And who would have thought these pictures of little snot nosed kids? Dude, and I, I'm not. That's not a pun for anybody that doesn't know about garbage pail kids. Or that that's actual snot nosed kids. Dude, that's, Other, that's if it was only snot coming out of the nose right. of the garbage pail kids. But yeah, like it, it's it's just a tough thing, right? Because he was even saying, at worst, at that point, you should probably be doing fifty fifty. You know, 50 in the guaranteed safe investment, stocks, bonds, whatever. And then 50% in whatever you think is a reasonable, attainable asset in the nerd sector. Which sounded crazy when we are listening to him. But like, you know, look over that period of time. At least for real in Pokemon and Magic, you might have made a lot of money if you did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't wrong. 
and and still continues to not be wrong. I mean, so it, it's a it it's, really with, with, with anything investments find out what people want, what they're willing to pay for it, and then you know kind of figuring out where you can get deals on it. Well, and random things become collectible. Hell, there's crackerjack rings or whatever. Yeah, there's a whole category where those are worth money, which is wild to me, but I get it. And you know, there's also things we have to pay attention to, right? Where I tell people, I'll if I ever see a deep discount sale on an extra set of like commander decks, I always buy them, and I just put an extra set away because we've already seen that commander only cards and commander decks increase in value at a fairly rapid pace. We know this already, so I just buy them every time. You know, secret layers we've talked about, like the percentage of secret layers that have increased in price significantly is pretty high. And a bunch of them come with like exclusive or rare bonus cards in there now. So like that gets you extra value, right? So it kind of makes sense to buy those if you're looking for investments. And the biggest thing is those are actually attainably priced investments. That's the thing. And I think that's what makes it a hard argument, right? Because if I want to go put something in, you know, I want to start a savings account or an IRA or whatever, a lot of them have minimums you have to maintain on those accounts or how much you have to put in. So some people don't necessarily have a couple hundred dollars or $500 or whatever it is to put in there at first. But you can go spend $30 on a commander deck. You know what I mean? So it's... it's Now, I'm not saying everybody should rush out and invest in magic or whatever. I know people don't want to hear that. And that's not really even what I'm advocating for. But I'm saying, like, I get it if that's part of your long-term strategy. Right. I mean, and hell, I'm guilty of it. Like, if you look behind me in any of my shots when I'm recording, I have a whole damn bookshelf just full of magic stuff behind me. I've got closets, like I said, that have like commander decks and and secret layers and just all their old complete sets or whatever, just hanging out. And the craziest part is like looking at any section of those piles and going like, man, those are worth like 30 percent more than they were last year. And when you have a good investment in the stock market, whatever you're talking about. 8% 8% average, like 15% is a really good year. You know what I mean? Like that just doesn't happen for most of the things. And it's random, right? You don't have control over it. There's even the process of buying, selling, trading them are not the most easy and convenient for a lot of people. So I, I, I get uh, it. you know, it's uh, during the uh, GameStop uh, fiasco and places like Robin Hood just stop letting you buy and sell them till stuff, <laughs> until stuff uh, settled down. <laughs> Yeah, and then they got in some legal trouble for that even. So that was a thing. But yeah, so it's tough, right? I I don't, like, we obviously don't want a bunch of investors just hopping into our hobbies and everything else, because that always sucks. Because then you are, in some way, taking some level of fun and accessibility away from the actual long-term fans. And that's not going to be good. But at the same time, I also kind of get it. And it's kind of rewarding for people when... You know, you find a thing in your closet you had when you were in high school and you're selling it when you're 35 years old. And you're like, oh, this thing's worth how much? (laughs) Like, I bought this for 10 bucks. You're telling me this is $500? You know, that's a thing, though. And that's happened to a lot of people over the last few years. So good for them. But yeah, I don't I don't know if there's even a good answer, like because there's there's bad things that can happen to your hobbies and economies or whatever with people hop in and start doing heavy investing. But at the same time, it feels like there's a lot of benefits for the people that are in there, too. So I don't know. And I, and hell, I even as a poor kid coming up, I benefited from it. You know, so it's like I can't even say it's about having enough money or accessibility, because even the few things I was able to buy and making a few good decisions along the way, I was able to parlay into a bunch of other stuff. So I don't know. I definitely couldn't have done that if I was doing traditional investing at the time. So I don't know. But I think it's a it's a type of conversation. I think it's always good to reevaluate and talk about every couple of years. But yeah, there's the the nerd hobbies, especially in collectibles, have been very, very hot the last few years. And with nerd culture being what it is, I don't see it slowing down for the next couple of years at least. Because I mean, hell, we still got more Transformers, Marvel movies, magic TV shows, whatever, like coming down the pipe. So there's still a lot coming. All right, Brian, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on socials? All right. Yes, I am Brian Tonic on Twitter, YouTube, uh, Instagram, and also our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. 
And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And I want to say, if you are interested in learning more about Cardsphere and getting some cheap deals over there, be sure to check out my videos over on my YouTube channel. Otherwise, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please take care of yourself and your family. Protect from the COVID and the monkeypox and all that good stuff. Or bad stuff, I should say. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash color of magic you can also find us on facebook under color of magic and if you want to follow us along at twitter you can find us there at color of mtg and as always please share the podcast around to your friends your network people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base 